listening to Wednesday's Bible study, Law and Gospel, on this February the 19th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. We're going to be taking a look at Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to be beginning with verse 21. The Bible study is an opportunity for congregations who may not have a pastor or may even have a pastor to have a Bible study listening to me for about a half hour on Wednesday mornings and then talking about it among themselves. And you can also email me any questions you might have that I can answer the following Wednesday or perhaps even on Thursday during Rumination Thursday. So without further ado, let's take a look at Galatians 4, verse 21. Tell me, Paul writes, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? This is one of my favorite phrases in the New Testament, under the law. It's talked about in other passages, and I always like to make a distinction between being under the law and under the gospel. In fact, I've often said every Bible passage in the Bible can be understood in one of two ways, the wrong way and the right way. And the way we do that is we'll hand out a sheet of paper with two columns. The column on the left is under the law. The column on the right is under the gospel. Under the law means this is the way the old Adam in you interprets the passage. Under the gospel is the way that God intends the passage to be understood. So it really makes a difference. Uh, let, let's just use another passage to help you understand what I'm talking about. In Mark 10, a rich man comes to Jesus, asks, what must I do to be saved? Jesus says, you know the commandments. He names the commandments. And then the man says, I followed all these from my youth. And then Jesus says, well, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and then you will be able to get to heaven. Now, the wrong way to understand that is to conclude that Jesus says the way you get to heaven is to get rid of your money, give it to the poor, and follow Jesus. Well, that's the wrong way. That's the way the old Adam loves to think. In fact, every religion in the world is based on that old Adam thinking that if we can obey the laws that God has given us, in fact, why do you give us the laws, except for being able to obey them, then we are saved. That's living under the law. Living under the gospel takes a look at that passage with the rich man and notices that Jesus is using the law to help the rich man come to an understanding that he can't do anything in order to be saved. In fact, later on, when the disciples asked Jesus, well, who then can be saved? Jesus answers, with men, it is impossible but with God, all things are possible. So this is a Reformation teaching 
that under the law, nobody can be saved. Under the law, therefore, is understood as kind of being enslaved to Satan because you think with your old Adam and do not listen to what God is saying. So that's why Paul begins, those of you who want to be under the law, those of you who want to try and get to heaven by your works, are you not hearing the law? And, of course, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is a wonderful example of what you would have to do if you wanted to be saved under the law. Not only can you not commit a murder, you can't even have a bad thought about someone or say a bad word against them. That Sermon on the Mount is a beautiful example of how the law cannot save anybody. The gospel in the Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus says, I have not come to destroy the law of the prophets, but to fulfill them. So once more, during this epiphany season, we learn that Jesus fulfills the law where we cannot, and then he transfers that righteousness over to us. It's called the robe of righteousness. So those people, when you ask them, are you going to go to heaven? And they say, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Then they're living under the law. And you can ask them, are you not listening to the law? Now, what Paul then goes on to, he makes a distinction that even a lot of Lutherans are unaware of between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, or the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you ask most Christians, what's the difference? They'll talk about the 39 books of the Old Testament, and then there's the 27 books of the New Testament. But I can't find anywhere in the Bible that that Old Covenant refers to the books of the Bible. It refers instead to two kinds of agreements that God originally made with the people through Moses at Mount Sinai, and then the new covenant, the new agreement through Jesus Christ. So Paul is about to explain that. Verse 22, Galatians 4. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman, that was Ishmael, and one by a free woman, that was Sarah. You see, Ishmael's mother, Hagar, was a slave to Abraham. And after God had given a promise to Abraham that he and Sarah would have a child, well, after, it took 25 years for that to happen, by the way. Well, Abraham got impatient. So he said, well, maybe the promise was that I would have a child with a woman who's able to have a child. And so he had a child with, of course, Hagar, who was Ishmael. And so Paul is making the distinction between these two women, one a slave woman, and, of course, Sarah was free. She wasn't a slave to anyone. 
And he goes on, verse 23. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. That is a huge distinction because the sinful self is often referred to like in Romans 7, that's our flesh, the old Adam, where we think human thoughts, where we use reason to try and convince people to become a Christian. That's the flesh at work. Whereas the gospel is filled with promises. So Ishmael was born according to the flesh. Abraham got impatient. So he decided to have a woman and use the slave woman. But Isaac was born through a promise that God had given. Verse 23. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. Now, we've often said that a parable is an extended metaphor or allegory or analogy, like Jesus uses the parable with a shepherd and sheep talking about how we were saved, that the shepherd came, found us, put the sheep on his shoulder, which, by the way, shepherds never did. These are 100-pound animals, and they smell, etc., and carried it home. That's how you were saved. It was all the work of Jesus Christ. The word allegorical here in the Greek is the only time that this is used in the New Testament. And therefore, when Paul uses allegorical, what he's talking about is that this is similar, Ishmael and Isaac, to the two covenants. Oh, there's that word covenant, covenant in chapter verse 24. And once more, when you take a look at it in the original, this really is the word that's used to refer to an arrangement or an agreement that God has made with us. He made a lot of covenants. Remember after the flood, he made a covenant with Noah that never again would people be destroyed entirely by means of a flood. And he made a covenant at Mount Sinai, chapter 24. Now, what was important about that covenant? Well, animals were sacrificed and blood was put over the altar and thrown over the people. And the people said, all these things we will do and obey. Well, that didn't last very long. Ever hear of the golden calf? Yep. That covenant is broken, according to the book of Hebrews, by our disobedience. So Paul is now using the distinction between Ishmael and Isaac in helping us to understand the two covenants. These women are two covenants. 
One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. You see, when the people made the agreement with God in Exodus 24, all these things we will obey and do, they really put themselves under slavery because it was very easy for the devil, the world, and the flesh to tempt them to go against the commandments. They wanted to be independent of God. And so therefore, that covenant from Mount Sinai is for children who want to be in slavery, who want to live under the law. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. That's, of course, verse 25. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. Now, here we're using the word Jerusalem, which, of course, is the location for the people of God, for Israel. But Paul is making the point that present-day Jerusalem was filled with people who were living under the law. And that's because that's what they were taught by Judaism, which is a different religion than the Old Testament Israel religion that was based on promises. This Judaism, remember the Pharisee, thank God I'm not like that tax collector, because, and then he starts listing things that he does. And he doesn't even mention the moral laws, he mentions the ceremonial laws. I fast, I tithe. That's how people thought that they were saved. And that's why they were really angry with Jesus when he wasn't following some of the ceremonial laws. He would go and with his disciples eat grain or corn in the fields on the Sabbath. And that was against, they thought, thou shalt not work on the Sabbath. So present Jerusalem, a lot of people were in slavery with her children. Verse 26, but the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. What is he talking about? What's the Jerusalem above? Well, that is, you can read all about it in Revelation. That is the church. That's right. When you become a Christian, guess what happens? You are a member of the Holy Christian Church. You are a member of the family of God. Because through faith in Jesus Christ, a number of things have happened. You, in baptism, were crucified with him. You were buried in the tomb with him but you are also risen from the dead. And if you read Ephesians 2, you right now in Christ are at the right hand of God because that's where Jesus is. And he's the head of the church, his body, and wherever the head is, so also is the body. So we are at the right hand of God, and that's why we pray through Jesus to speak to the Father our Father who art in heaven. So there's two kinds of Jerusalems. 
There's the one on earth, and that's in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free. That's the spiritual Jerusalem, the holy Christian church. And you don't have to be where Jerusalem is located. No, because these are the promises of God. He goes on and quotes from Isaiah, chapter 49 and also 51. Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now, what he's making the point is something that's really obvious. There will be more unbelievers than believers in the world. Uh, even during the time of the Babylonian captivity, only a remnant was saved. Why? Because people love living under the law. They refuse to live under the gospel because the gospel doesn't make any sense to them. It's unreasonable that God would come and save tax collectors and prostitutes, and that's how also Pharisees are saved. It doesn't make any sense at all. Therefore, we go on with verse 28. Now, you brothers, now Paul is writing to Christians in Galatia, like Isaac, are children of promise. How are we children of promise? Well, for those of us who have been baptized, there was a promise connected to the baptism. It's found in the Pentecost sermon of Peter. What does he say? Be baptized and you will receive the gift of the remission of sins. There's forgiveness. And you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. You brothers like Isaac are children of promise. Just as Isaac was the fulfillment of a promise made to Abraham and Sarah 25 years before he was born. Verse 30, I'm sorry, verse 29. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. Now, what they're talking about is, according to Jewish tradition, many interpreted Ishmael's conduct as hostile against Isaac. Uh, for example, in Genesis 16, 12, Ishmael shot arrows at Isaac. Well, guess what? That's also happening in our day, where the unbelievers are persecuting the Christians because of our trust in the promises of Jesus Christ. Verse 30, 
But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. In other words, that's what happens also in the church, that teachers who are living under the law, that means they're false teachers. They're actually telling you things you can do in order to be saved. And unfortunately, there are some Christian denominations that teach this. There's evangelicals who actually believe that if you say a prayer of invitation, inviting Christ into your heart, then you will be saved. There's no Bible verse that they can use to back that up because this would have to be a Bible verse written to unbelievers as to what they are going to do. Now, there's no doubt that Christians filled with the Holy Spirit can make choices in regard to their life of sanctification, but that's because they have the Holy Spirit. So, for example, I remember once there was a Lutheran from another denomination that wanted to join our church, but he believed in evolution. He was very good on the other doctrines. So I said, yeah, you'll be able to become a member of the church, but I will not permit you to teach Sunday school or Bible class because of your views on evolution. So I tried to talk him out of it, and I was unsuccessful. But there was a member of my congregation, a professor at the seminary, Dr. John Klotz, and he was an expert in the area of evolution and creation. And he had a discussion with this individual and changed his mind, and he became a creationist when he understood that we do believe that some things do evolve, like bacteria, etc. But there's not an evolvement of from one species to another. And that satisfied him. So it's, it's important that you have individuals who can explain the scriptures and we are to cast out or not use those individuals who have a problem with the teachings of the Christian church. That's why we don't permit lodge members to remain as members of the church after discussion with them, and they refuse to leave the animal lodges because the animal lodges have teachings that are contrary to the word of God. Paul ends this section of Galatians 4. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. In fact, Paul explains that even more in Romans 9 and following. He says there's two Israels. Israel uh, is enslaved. They're under the law. But the other Israel is according to the promises of Isaac. And he said, the Holy Christian Church 
is based on the promises to Isaac. And those promises were not only that he would be born, but that there would be a savior who would come into the world in order to take away the punishment of our sins. Therefore, as it says very clearly, if you therefore of are of Christ, then guess what? You are children, not of the slave. You don't have to live under the law in order to be saved. You're children of the promised one. And of course, that's what Jesus is all about. He was promised in Genesis 3.15. He fulfilled that promise by taking upon himself human flesh, still divine, but also human, in order to die for the sins of the flesh, namely the sins of human beings. So that's Galatians chapter 4, 21 to 28, helping us to understand the purpose of Jesus. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to be talking about a book I just found at a church I'm at. You're going to be really interested in this book. Listen God bless. Each weekday morning at 930 on KO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.